Gonna Go Pizza presents The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. Boy, it sure it sure is a good thing that you're always wrong, Steve. Oh, I'm glad it. I'm glad you're always wrong, personally. The Leafs won't win a cup in my lifetime. Um, don't do that. I don't know if they'll win a game. I'm trying. You want to talk about what else? What, what other options do I have, Jesse? I'm trying everything I got. We're already at this octave, Jesse. I just want you to know that you've, you've taken him there. How long did that take? Eight seconds? That took about eight seconds. Um, this team. I walked in. I haven't seen your video yet, um, but I have heard it uh, because it was coming up on Jesse's computer and it almost split his speakers in half with the octave levels. I didn't realize that your voice was capable of actually going that high. Fun oh, yeah. fact, two speakers are already split in half because there's two separate speakers. Wow. So they're already split So would we blame that half. on Steve or has it already happened? Whatever, you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nerd. Nice Christmas sweater, nerd. Thank you. Tell me more about audio, nerd. <laughs> Leafs What are you a producer Is that your ugly Christmas sweater This is a team North American jersey <laughs> the team was so awful That your sweater is ugly I wear it because It snowed last night And it's dangerous out there And people will be able To see me on the road Because I'm wearing A bright orange jersey That's right Honestly yeah It, it does look yeah, kind of A little bit guards. Yeah crossing guardish Dressed like Austin Matthews And Connor McDavid A couple months yeah. ago Yeah Yeah <laughs> That was the best team That nobody wanted to play on the best team that nobody wanted to play on. Like, because hmm. they said, you know, Connor McDavid in in th- three more or three and a half years, I guess, when they do another one, he was like, yeah, I hope I get to play on Team Canada. Yeah, I told you. He, but he won't be old enough. This just Neither will Austin Matthews. It just furthers the narrative that Connor McDavid wants nothing to do with teams that wear orange. <laughs> it's obvious. It's very clear. Yeah. Very, very clear. And he'd rather play with the one with the leaf. I mean. Or if you're a Montreal Canadiens you fan, the red and white. Oh, oh, or, yeah, what do you mean if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan? You, you mean <laughs> just like you. A fellow Montreal Yeah, Canadian. a fellow Montreal Canadiens fan. Oh, Canadian right, fan. I forgot, I forgot. Fan to Canadian, Montreal, whatever That's right. You tell me, you're the French one. We have a ton to get to today, including, can I announce it? Can we talk about it? Have we talked about it? Well, it won't be a teaser by the time people hear it. So. Okay, so I guess we can say that? Oh, then? I say we say it. Okay, do you, well... Uh, Elliot Friedman joins us. Yay! Yay! He's going to join us on the phone. Uh, we're going to call him uh, just after we go to the download portion of the show, which is amazing. You can get that at sportsnet.ca. But for right now, we need to talk about the Leafs and Coyotes game. I thought you were teasing something else. Oh, is there something, oh, something about also, us? we have a date and location <laughs> for the new Hockey Night in Cinema. Well, that is also true. And a, and a contest to tell you about. Oh my! And yeah, there's but that's one. all in the download portion. Oh my goodness! Can't get to any of that now. So you got to listen to me yell and scream for at least forty-five minutes. Exactly, exactly. So let's talk about this Leafs Coyotes game. No. Yeah. Like no. We I don't have want to. to. I'm sorry. We I have don't to. Wanna. It was good. Was it, it was what good? It, was it the best overtime you've ever seen? Man, it was up there. It was How great. How many posts were hit in overtime in the shootout combined? The shootout I was at least, at least four. Yeah, and I counted what there was. There was at, there was Hansel at the end of the game. Han- yep. Oh no, no, no. Verbata. Verbata was Verbata. With like literally less than two seconds left, which was insane. I, I can't him, believe Freddie it. and him battle. Like that was a battle. It was crazy. And in hindsight, twenty twenty, I would have rather the game ended there. If Matthews <laughs> scores wow. the baseball bat pass from Nylander, oh, or the, any of the other three, is that the is best that, goal of all that, time? Is that goal of the year? It's overtime goal of the year for damn sure. It's it's one of the goals of the year. That was. That that uh, and against that, his boyhood team. Yeah, that bo- that hand eye stuff that they talk about, right? 
rarely do you re- do you really get to see it in such a crazy way. Oh. And Gre- only a guy like him who could do that. Greg Millen made a great point. It's not that just that he hit it. It's it was a it fluttering on, puck yeah, on target. I mean, if yeah, you could hit it dead on, but because it's fluttering, it could go anywhere. He, he hits it right dead on. And they're going, man, you know, good on Mike Smith for the awareness. I'm like, man, that thing hit Mike Smith. Yeah. Mike Smith did not hit it. He happened to save that. He's lucky. Yep. He's lucky. Yep. Um, and and I, I gotta, we got to give our props to Freddie Anderson, who, you know, the, despite the fact that he, he faced less than half the shots of Mike Smith. Mm. Um, oh, the Shane Doan one? The Shane Doan. Oh. <laughs> at the end of the game, Shane Doan wants that 400th goal so bad. Ah, he's and not going to get it there. Freddie oh, Anderson was like, no. And that we haven't seen, I don't think we've seen glove work like that since the Cujo Bell four years. He's like, been doing it all season, too. It's pretty. It's pretty remarkable. Like when you when you don't have it for a while, you really notice it. I think there's a lot of markets like like New Jersey. I don't mm-hmm. think to New Jersey that's a big deal because they had Brodeur and now they have Corey Schneider. But if you're a market like us that hasn't had the like a a quality goaltending that that you we so needed. Um, I mean James James Reimer had spurts. Jonathan Bernier had spurts. Vesa Toscala did not. Uh, not really. You know we we needed we 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 haven't seen a goalie stand like he stood. You know what's weird though? We grew up with the Leafs depending on goaltending. Yeah, Felix Felix. Cujo. Oh, good. Thank you for acknowledging him. Uh, and I mean, he was such an acrobat in the net, Felix. Uh, and then Curtis Joseph was just just Red Bull before Red Bull. Yeah. Um, and even at Belfour. You know, he was pretty good. His career, still an athlete, still real good, and and very dependable for the Leafs. Uh, and then, boy, was there a sharp drop off, very yeah. sharp drop off for a long time. And yeah, like Reimer didn't make the flashy glove saves really, but he was exciting to watch. His rebound control, boy, though. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm actually kidding. No, no. I mean, <laughs> I'm actually joking. There were times. There were times. sure. There were times. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Um, I think the rebound control thing for Reimer was a bit overblown, but Freddie Anderson is the best goalie we've had in a long, long time. Most consistent. Let's say that. Most consistent. Who's been better? Well, okay. Reimer's uh, 2013 season. Was good. Was really good. Adam. Took him to the playoffs. Yeah, it was the reason they made the playoffs. <laughs> Literally the reason. I thought it was Ryan O'Byrne, but okay. Jesse Spector, I mean, it's still, yeah, Ryan O'Byrne. Jesse Spector, it's still funny that he did this, and it's over the top. It'll forever respect him. Uh, he was the only writer in the Pro Hockey Writers Association to give James Reimer a heart vote that year. Wow. And now he ranked him fifth, which but is the lowest you can rank him, but he was vote. on the ballot. Um, he was on it. I remember when we were when we were first starting the show. It was right after that season, and it was. we were talking about the <laughs> Leafs, who just roared out of the gate that year with um, Reimer and Bernier. It was Bernier's first year, and they never really let up. No, they they a were good until towards the end of the season. That's it. And that's well, no, no, no. I'm talking about the non lockout season. It was the season after when we started the show. <gasps> oh, so what I'm talking about here is like Dave because well, yeah, we started at tail. At we started the show about a month after Game Seven. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's where I was confused. So um, when we started the show, the Leafs had roared out to a really, really good start. The, the next season, it, it looked like they were going to make the playoffs again. Right up until I don't know the last month when they lost ten in a row or something. Um, the 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 interesting thing about that was that was the first time we started to see articles on uh, not just shots against, but shot attempts and where the shots were kind of coming from in major yeah. publications. I remember Sportsnet Magazine actually publishing an article talking about James Reimer specifically and about the way the Leafs were playing and could they sustain 
all of these high risk shots that they were giving up mm-hmm. and continue to outscore the the uh, the competition. And the the thinking from the Leafs management at that time was that they could. And they did until probably, what, mid-February? And then it just fell off. Wheels completely fell off. I remember, I don't remember if you were there, Adam, but uh, New Year's Eve heading into 2014, I remember watching the Leafs beat the Bruins. And I think Kadri had a big night. And I remember going, wow, I, I think they might actually make the playoffs again. Like, they were well into a spot, and they were doing well. And I think that was maybe their fourth or fifth last win until my birthday in March. Yeah. <laughs> they, How Habs fans felt last year. I, it, like a legendary drop-off. I don't yeah. know if I've ever seen that before. Was that collapse worse than Montreal's last year? It might have been. I don't think so because Montreal was in first place. Mm-hmm. Mm, fair. That, when you yeah. fall from first, like I think that makes it yeah. more spectacular. You're 100% right. You're um, 100% right. But, and especially the way Montreal started. like they were, not, they were not just first place. They were first place with like a bullet. Yeah, it was, they were in a situation <laughs> where it was like if they go five games under 500, they'll still end up with 95 points. Yeah. And they managed to go 20 games under. That is very true. That Because their streak started like... <laughs> What, like five, ten games before they even fell out of first? Yeah. Let alone yeah. a playoff spot? Yeah. <sighs> this team, though. Like, okay, we haven't mentioned Peter Holland yet. No, was, we haven't. Was there another way that game could have ended? The answer is no, but go ahead. Well, the way it should have ended was <laughs> Austin Matthews scoring against his hometown team. Mm-hmm. Austin, okay. You <sighs> that, should have, that should have been the way it ended. It could have been the ultra-good storyline for the Leafs. Austin Matthews scores, right? It could have been another heartbreaking storyline, which is Leafs lose with less than two seconds left in overtime. But after no. dominating overtime, by the way, after yeah, but it it couldn't. It's not heartbreaking enough. It's not the most heartbreaking outcome possible. So Peter Holland has to win it in the shootout, and of course he's the third shooter. Yeah, like Dave Tippett definitely did that on purpose. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yes, because and that I mean brilliant move because. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if anybody if knows does, the goalie, well, and anyone knows the goalie, but like if it does, it's not just that it works; it's the timing. Holland could have scored, you know, on the first shot. Mm-hmm. Could have scored it on the second shot. No, it had to be the third game deciding shot. You know how good the Coyotes feel right now? Really good, and, and they stink. Like they're that is not a good team, and I think we saw that, which makes the loss even more frustrating. They need every piece of good news they can get. What a huge piece of good news. I wonder if they can ride it for a little bit. And there was three or four guys they could have put in that spot besides Peter Holland, and you would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they've got so much young skill on that team. They really do. Um, mm. And I think, honestly, and, and no disrespect to the Coyotes, but what I see with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and, and I think this is going to come as a surprise to nobody, is there's these stretches of 10, 15 minutes where they just break down like you look at that first goal uh yesterday it was riley zaitsev and it was when they when they actually scored it i forget who scored the actual goal but it was a pass from behind the net to in front of the net yeah and riley and zaitsev were not either behind or in front of, like they well, were and riley they, went for a they walk. were like hash they were at the hash marks like it was it was anderson versus two so it was a 2-0 Oh, and he makes that incredible stretch save. Yes. I couldn't remember if that was the first or second goal. That's okay, happened maybe. to Anderson three or four times this season where he's made an incredible save and the next shot goes in because he's still down and out. No one's there. Nobody's there. Nobody's there. And you know what? I, I tweeted criticism of Riley, 
But I really liked uh, Nick Kiprios's breakdown at intermission because it's, I mean, it's so easy to just look at the five, six seconds leading up to the goal and go, well, here's what happened. And I mean, Riley didn't look good on it. He still probably shouldn't have done exactly what he did, but it was a bad line change from Connor Brown. Yes. kind of forced Riley to, I don't know, I guess I got to cover for both. But I mean, I, when in doubt, shouldn't you stick closer to your net? That would be from everything I remember about playing hockey. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. I know. Like, I don't talk like, X's let, and O's, really, but... Let like. the, well, let the goalie... The, the point is to let the goalie see the shot. So if the shot's coming from the point, yeah. cover the guy who's down low. Make sure he's tied up. Make sure he can't tip it. Make sure he can't get in the way, get in the view. The Leafs have got to be one of the softest teams, like, in front of their own net. Yeah. In front of the... And, like, you know... You might say, well, it's because they, uh, they got all these small guys and they're all Russians and minded. Americans. Yeah, you know, and, and all this analytics. So what they need is a guy like Eric Goodbudskin in front of them. <laughs> big and strong. Goodbudskin. Like, I'm not even talking about get a big, tough meanie to stand in front of them. I'm talking about tie him up a bit. You don't need to be the biggest or strongest to tie a stick up. You tie him up for one one more half second, and one and guy you might doing be okay. it, getting one guy who can do it, isn't going to solve the problem. You yeah. need an entire, you need all six defensemen doing it, right? You can throw out Nathan Gerby, like as as long as someone is there, physically there, no one's there ever. Yeah, you know, like Polak. Uh, I, I remember there was one in the Tampa game where he lost a, a battle to Alex Kalorn in front, and I'm like, big for nothing. You know, and I was all mad about it. At least he was there. Yeah. At least he had a chance to stop it. I know he didn't, but oh my God, this team is so frustrating. Well, uh, but we got to look at the good side here. What's that? Um, first off, the Ro- the Roman Polak stretch pass to uh, Mitch Marner, Whoa. which was beautiful. I'm telling you, like there are little flashes where I'm like, why doesn't he do that more often? There was a little stretch this season where he was like jumping up in the rush and I like his shot. It, uh, he can do stuff like what he did to Marner. Yeah. There's little stretches where I'm like, where, where, where is that all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it drives me nuts. Uh, well, and uh, I think, I mean, uh, first off, it's nice to see that he's got the confidence to do that because I don't think he was doing that last year. Mm, I've never seen him do it. No. So it seems like they're they're allowing him to do certain things or he's, he's just finding the confidence to do those certain things. The second thing is, I think, um, you know, when we... We look at, first off, Austin Matthews getting that first goal. Mitch Marner, you know, breaking his quote-unquote goal slow, uh, sorry, goal, goal streak, goal. which really isn't that bad. You know, well, I, it was 12 games, but, I mean, he was ridiculously hot before that. He still got a couple assists. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's fine. Rookies it's are going to do that. Totally fine. Yeah. Um, he still has eight goals. I mean, for his first year in the NHL, pretty amazing. Look at it this way. He went on that huge slump, still top five rookie scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder. Matthews, too. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just wondered to myself yes, uh, yesterday. I was, I was I was watching the team and and you know watching the basically the them fall apart after working so hard. And I thought this team needs to learn that it doesn't need to work so hard. Okay. So the the reason they worked they worked it in overtime, right? They mm-hmm. were all they were flying. They were all over the Coyotes. If they had taken some of that energy. And press them at the beginning of the third period, or or um, the shut them down, was the bad one. or shut them down at the second. You know, you then have, then you don't have to play that extra five minutes. Then you don't have to play that shootout. They are working when they do work hard. They they are untouchable, especially in three on three, which you know they just had a higher skill level. But 
I find that they they have to work so hard to catch up with the dumb things that they did 10 minutes ago that it really I, I think after a while that would get pretty frustrating if you're if you're a young player. Maybe that's the the joys of dealing with young players. They're working longer and harder longer than they need to. If they would just sustain it and literally got to break it down, like break a period down into ten minute segments. And no, with this team, five five minute segments. Fine. Five. Well, okay, we got for the first five minutes. That was great. Let's keep it up. Let's keep it up. Yeah, like it, they drive me nuts. There's... So you know, because th- that's what it is. It's it's these it's these lapses of ten to fifteen minutes, which is a really long time in a hockey game. But the the rest of the time, they are absolutely fine. Like look at what happened with the Avalanche. I mean, same thing with same thing with Phoenix last night, or sorry, Phoenix. There we go. Arizona last night is they are out shooting them, out chancing them. Yeah. Not just yeah. And some people were tweeting me like, well, maybe they're just gaming Corsi or whatever, or they're taking shots that suck. No, you got to watch the games, man. You, you you have to watch the games. I'm gonna I'm gonna from the analytics standpoint, gonna use watch the games on you now. They should have won the Minnesota game. Yes. they should have won the Colorado game. Yes, they should have won this game. They're they're getting robbed. Robbed, and I mean, Freddie's doing his part too. But mm-hmm. oh my god, oh my god, how did they lose any of those games? How did they lose the Winnipeg game three games into the season? Ah! How did they lose the Ottawa game the first one? Like even that one, you can look at and go, "Well, they choked." This one, it, well, in these three that I just mentioned, they were the better team in each of them, mm-hmm. and it's okay. They have a chance to get back on track on Saturday. Who are they playing? The Penguins? Ah, never mind. You don't think? You don't think they have a chance, Adam? Steve. They're going to get killed. <laughs> it's hockey night in Canada. It's the Penguins. The Penguins are averaging like five goals a game right now. Crosby has 21 in 24. Do you and, think he can keep that up? Do you honestly think he can keep ab- that up? No, absolutely not. He's shooting 27%. I want that answer to be yes. <laughs> so I want that it's answer so to be yes. Stamkos is already like, we. I think we talked about it last show. He's already cartoonishly stupid. I, like an elite shooter in the NHL. Shoots like 12, 13 percent. Crosby is at 15, usually. Mm-hmm. Stamkos is at 17, which is like so much higher than everybody else. Crosby is 27 percent right now. Wow. 78 shots. 21 of them are goals. <laughs> One was from behind the net. He can't sustain. Now, now here's the thing though. He's on pace for his lowest assist total, like basically of his entire career. Because he can't get assists when You're he, he's the one scoring all the goals. So when his goals do eventually dry up a little bit, because they will, those numbers will go up. I don't think his actual scoring pace is really going to slow down. No, like, I don't like think his so either. Points, I don't think it's really going to So go we're going to finally have someone crack 100 points again. Uh, pff, sure looks like it, doesn't it? And by the way, missed the first six games of the season. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> didn't he have a concussion? <laughs> yeah, well, allegedly. Oh, I don't quote, know. unquote, a concussion. I think... I'm still not convinced that it was in concussion. I think some people just need a rest after they look at some point. You got to go. We're the Pittsburgh Penguins. We can afford to give Crosby six games off. No, no, they would never do that. I know, but that's how good he's playing Adam. that. I'm thinking genuinely stupid things like that. That's a stupid thought. But look at them! <laughs> They're amazing. Um, you said hit 100 points again. Patrick Kane did hit 100 points last year. Oh, he did. Was it 100 on, on the nose? 106. Yeah, but we oh. don't acknowledge it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, how much time have we got in the first segment? A lot of time. We got lots of time. Okay. <laughs> Nothing but time. So here's what I'm worried about with the Leafs, getting back to the Leafs. Um, someone asked me today, like, 
is Babcock like as good of a coach as we think he is? And I think he's a great coach. I think he's done a great job with the Leafs, which makes his mystifying decisions more mystifying mm-hmm. and more annoying. But here's what I worry about. They mentioned, I want to say it was on Sportsnet a couple weeks ago, Babcock is trying to sell hope to these guys in mm-hmm. the room. Yeah, you're losing some games, but look at all the good things you're doing. They've hit a real rough stretch, okay, um, where they're just playing their brains out and losing all the time. They cannot beg for a win from the hockey gods or the demons. They, they can't beg for a win. And you got this Frank Corrado thing that is really casting a shadow now. Like, it's starting to genuinely become a distraction. Is it? 100%. For the players. I, I got to imagine it is because it's a thing before the game. All the quotes come out. It's a thing before the game. They talk about it during the broadcast and after. Uh, they talk about it after the game and Mike Babcock actually addresses it. And, you know, talking about like... You know, you get in the lineup based on how you play. What are you talking about? He hasn't played, Mike. I think he means in practice. Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. You're that much of a genius. Like, what What are you seeing in these practices out of uh, all seven other defensemen that you're not seeing out of Frankie? Is, how, what, is he such a bad practicer <laughs> that he gets one out of 29 games? Mike, come on. Be reasonable. What are you doing with this player? So then what would it be? I don't know. Like, I, I got to wonder if there's something behind the scenes because that's the only logical explanation. Other than Mike Babcock is simply unreasonable. He's he's unreasonable. Well, there they were Detroit, play, fans, how many back to- Detroit fans have claimed that for a while. Like, there were some players that Babcock really relied on and players he wouldn't play. That Well, and like, Mike Commodore has this huge grudge against him, but, like, we're talking about a... I, I can't speak for what he was in Anaheim because I don't remember, but... At the end of his career in Detroit, like, I mean, that's a marginal player, right? So Babcock was trying to push him out. That's an older marginal player who's who can is struggling to still play in the NHL, and I don't think he did after that. Corrado is like a shade above a prospect. Mm-hmm. He's a young man. He's like, what, 23? They're not playing him. They're not developing him. You can't get anything for him in a trade. So what's the point? You're, okay, Martin Marinson's now out four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's say someone gets hurt against Pittsburgh. You need someone to step in. You got Frank Corrado. How on earth do you expect him to step into the lineup and play competently? How do you expect well, him to play at the NHL level? I mean, I agree. They're not setting him up for success if they're playing him in one of 29. No, with, therefore, you're not setting yourself up for success because he's on your stupid team. Alternate <laughs> side to that okay. is if you believe that you, in your heart of hearts, that you are putting out the best lineup possible if you put Corrado in the lineup Mm -hmm. and you don't believe that you're putting out your best lineup with him in the lineup then you are doing your team a disservice then there's a genuine disconnect between Babcock and management that is my only other or maybe what other assumption can I make uh, I think well I mean you can you can make that assumption I think the other I think the possibility there is that um, uh, they are exposing Hunwick and Polak as much as they can i.e. what they did last year with Dion. Um, there's also a thought that, you know, they claimed him for nothing. They don't want to give him up for nothing. They might not want to use him, but they might might just give him up or, or keep him for no, for now because it's an asset management thing. It's a it's a it's a team policy management wise <sighs> that they're not gonna just blow assets out the door for nothing. All right. Like I mean this guy has the patience of a saint. Like that Chris Johnson tweet yesterday blew my mind. 
like uh, Corrado wants to play, but he'd prefer it to be with the Leafs. Like we're talking about the patron saint of the Leafs being from Woodbridge. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Is it correct to say that you're not as big a fan as Bab- Babcock as you were last year? Mm, he's no. You know what it is? He's just been here longer. And like last start year, start to see his idiosyncrasies. Yeah, last year there weren't, there wasn't really an, uh, a reason to be optimistic about anything I saw really, other than they didn't like. I went into the season expecting so little, mm. and, they, they and got so little. Yeah, I know. Like they weren't even like young, like <laughs> like the good kind of young that they are this year. They were just they were simply bad. At the end of the season, okay, whatever. But they were just. Bad across the board, and I expected them to be bad, and I wanted them to be bad. This year, I've seen them be good. Even if they're losing, Jesse, I, I've watched them. I've seen it. I've well, seen we them saw be it last good. Night. We've seen it the last four games. I've seen them be good f- like 55 minutes a game on Does average. It, but <laughs> if you watch Arizona for long enough, you'll see them be good. Not for as long as I see the Leafs be good. You just you don't watch Arizona enough. You're right. I talk maybe to Arizona you're right. fans, though. I know. Yeah, they, <laughs> they hate that team. They <laughs> hate that team. Your other option, your LFR, was that maybe they're just not there yet. I was, well, and that just might be it. Maybe they're just not there yet. Yeah, the and we're expecting they're leaving a little too much. The points they're leaving on the board, Jesse. Yeah, but but Je- that's, Steve, them that's a part of it because they're they're not good enough to get them. But how do you lose a four nothing lead without getting it first? Because they're not good enough. They got a four nothing lead. They're not good enough to hang on to it. There we go. Their defense is not I, good enough. I don't get it. And I said this before the season. I said it multiple times. Patience. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I said personally. I'm like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, yeah. and I think they're going to frustrate the hell out of you this year. Well, I said it and right. said it and said it. Now wait though. Sorry. So we got a little off track from. So Babcock is trying to sell hope, not just to the fan base, uh, fan base, but to his players. He's trying to sell hope. Okay, guys. Um, you're, you know, you're doing all the right things out there. You know, I know the wins aren't coming, but uh, trust me, wins are coming. You guys are doing all the right things. Then there's this Frank Corrado thing that is becoming a distraction. I mean, we spoke about it enough. Like, there's enough material on this story that we can talk about it for a long time. Now Peter Holland comes to town and just makes him look like an absolute dick. <laughs> makes him look like a complete fool. Um, now look, 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 look. No, no, no. Jesse's giving me a look. <laughs> I am not saying Peter Holland should have been on the Leafs. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not necessarily saying Babcock should have treated him differently. I am saying it has to be personally embarrassing to Babcock that that is the, that's what happened. It's, that's an embarrassing way to lose. See, I You're the coach who wouldn't put the guy in the lineup. I don't. The I don't team see it that way. Him. I really don't see it that way. Goal. Like, yeah, that's, but not, it's, that's not a big. Yeah, Steve, deal. I got to be honest with you. But it had to be that. him, Jesse. No, but it's not. It's, but Steve, you're not going you're, on a ten goal goal game streak. You you're know, looking at this. You're, you're a storyteller. You're a story guy. Yeah. Mike Babcock is not a story guy. I Mike know. Babcock's a hockey coach. So you got. What about everyone in this? Hang on. Let me finish this. All right. Let me finish this point. He is not looking at it like that. Mike Babcock doesn't give a damn who scored the, the game-winning goal. Yeah, he doesn't I, care. I, that much is obvious, Adam. I know he, that. He doesn't care. So why why do you think he's embarrassed by that? I don't think he's embarrassed. I bet it was a little awkward in that dressing room after that game. It had to be Peter. If it's not Peter, it's not much of an embarrassment. But it's a guy that he shunned. The coach shunned. And there's this thing with Frankie. 
And there's this thing with, oh, yeah, you're doing all the right things. And after four or five losses in a row, you're like, shut up. Shut up. I'm not saying he's going to lose the room. I mean, that contract, holy smokes. Babcock's not going anywhere, guys. But this has not been a good... I'm not saying anything is going to come of it. I'm just saying this has been a terrible two weeks for Mike Babcock. It has Man, been. See, I don't, As coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's been a terrible so two I gotta weeks. So I got to be... I love you. I got to disagree with you there. I, I don't, don't think, think it's been... I, I think it mm-hmm. actually... I think if you're selling the hope, if he's selling hope... This is the perfect thing. This is perfect. This what? Is because, what is? Because they are playing really, really well. If you're selling I'm hope. T- in the dressing room, man. I'm telling the you. The players. I, 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 you don't think the players thought that was a little funny? Uh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Absolutely. I'm not. Listen, and, I'm not. And you don't think the Frankie, I, they, I don't, they I don't find the Frankie my, thing's a little ridiculous? I don't know how they feel about that. Because I feel like, and having played a little bit of competitive hockey myself, when people sit out. That's part of the game. Yeah. And and when coaches don't like players, that's part of the game too. Yeah. And in that in that regard, it's kind of dog eat dog. You're used to that. You're used to seeing that. You're used to seeing guys who are not good enough, guys who are cut, guys who are uh are in the coach's doghouse. You're used to that. Mm-hmm. And most people, I think at that level, are able to compartmentalize that. If you if every little thing like that bothered you. You wouldn't be able to function at the NHL level. That happens everywhere. Now, I'm not saying it happens with Corrado. This specific Corrado situation happens all the time. Think of the trades. Think of the signings. Think of the contract negotiations. These guys are able to go, okay, business decision, hockey decision, compartmentalize. I got to worry about me and playing my role on this team. I really do. You I don't, think people are that robotic? I, I professional athletes. They have to be professional athletes. They're not man. fans. I, guys, be reasonable. Like, as if that is 100% the way... They all think that whole twenty-three person room thinks that way. I would, I would Come say on. that is the prevailing thought. Mm-hmm. That that would be maybe. My guess. I hope so. I hope that it, is because if, your option is Mike Babcock and nothing, Steve. If if the if this is enough, if Frank Corrado is enough to throw off this Leafs team, it's not they will, just no, Frank no. Corrado, but I'm just saying. Man. But if Frank Corrado, if this were enough to bug them, then they shouldn't be playing at the NHL level. They'll never win a cup. No, I'm serious. If it's and butts, man. That, I'm it's just saying. It's not just Corrado. It, what, okay, what else is it, though? I, man, I've been talking about it for the last five, ten minutes. You're selling hope. Team's playing well. Wins are going to come. You have an 18 year old who's leading your team in scoring. I think. How I, dare you? He's 19. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I think that there. I think there really is a lot of hope to be derived from these past five Dude, games. Yeah, you're. No, no, sorry. Maybe I've made uh, this. Maybe I've worded this poorly. There's, of course, there's hope. Because they play great. Of course. I think so. I agree with that. But I got to wonder if it's just, if there's a little bit of atrophy in the room. Like, hey, guys, hope. Hey, you know, you played well. You played well. Okay, you shut up, Mike. Shut up, coach. Uh, here's Babs over here. Mm-hmm. You don't think they've had a couple conversations like that over coffee yeah, at maybe. lunch? But here's the thing. They're when, just playing video games when, in their spare time. When you have a boss... Inevitably, under your breath, at some point, you'll you'll probably yeah, tell the nap off. Yeah, right? maybe, maybe. And, yeah. and when you start winning, yeah, that stuff goes away. That's true. And I think this, <laughs> when's that coming? I know. Also, it's not I know. Babcock. He's not the one on the ice. It's, oh, it's themselves that are sitting there they, losing sorry. the game. Okay, let me get a couple things out there. One, I do believe there's legitimate hope. Two, oh, I yeah. don't think any of this is his fault. I, I'm just yeah. So I don't I, think the players are looking at him and saying it's your fault. 
They know it's their fault. They I have to know worry. that. I worry that they might. You know why you no. worry? Why? Because you're a burned Lee fan, and I get it. What option? What, it. what else what should option I be? You don't have an option. This is this is how you've been conditioned, and you know what? I get it, but here's what I would say to you. What? As your friend who loves you, who brought James Reimer back, by the way. Thank you. In perfect yeah, working condition. Yeah, is it perfect condition? Oh, does it smell like Florida? Hmm? Does it smell like mm. tropical beaches? Mm, it does. does it smell like Pitbull? Why? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, did Adam give this to a pit? For- oh, the popular yeah, no, artist. No, um, who's not popular? I, I would say <laughs> this. Performed Steve, at a Walmart in Alaska. <laughs> this is this is a it's my favorite. This is the beginning of the beginning. These three months. The beginning of the beginning. It is the beginning of the beginning. We are way too early to be worried about this stuff. This is a tough stretch. These are NHL players. Like in life, you will have tough stretches. And guess what? That passes. You have to put one foot in front of the other, not to sound like your mother, but you do. And you must trudge on. They continue to play like this. They continue to outshoot their opponents by double. They will absolutely 100% start winning games. I'll ask, I'll ask one more thing, okay? Uh, so Corrado was just a quiet soldier this whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now that he's talking and now that it's in Mike's ear... And someone ratted him out to Mike publicly. I wonder if they go, really? Our eighth, when everyone's healthy, our eighth defenseman is giving us a headache? Ship him out of town. We'll, we'll figure this out with yeah, someone else. Yeah, you know, I think you might be right there. I also don't think, I, I'm surprised that that David Alter uh, from The Athletic, who got the interview, who's been on this show many times, I was surprised that he was allowed to speak to him at all. Corrado? Well, anyone's allowed to speak to them. I'm just surprised. I've been, I've been in the dressing room. I got to talk to Frankie. I'm surprised. I, you're not. You're not not allowed. Um, it's no. It's it has nothing to do with Alter. It's it's everything to do with Corrado's fed up. I know. Oh no. I'm just saying. In the Lou autocracy, I am very surprised that Frank Corrado is allowed to talk to the media, considering what's going on. I'm surprised anyone's allowed to talk. Man, I've, <laughs> guys, I've been putting in video requests. Um, like. I, I have ideas for fun videos to do with the Leafs, and they're all getting shot down. And it's not, it's not for the, lack of trying. It's not for lack of trying, and it's not the PR's fault. It's just, it's literally team policy. No, I, you know what? I, I genuinely hope the Leafs win a barn burner on Saturday night. You know why? More like a marn burner. A marn burner, right? You know why? Because then I'm talking about how Babcock's a genius. That, no, no, no. <laughs> Frank Corrado gets a hat trick. No, no. Just, just because I want to see you smile. Just because I know how while, deep huh? this cuts you. This, today, I could feel it. I could feel the tension coming off you. I, it's, I think it genuinely has an effect on me. I absolutely agree with that. When we had... When, okay, so I had... Uh, when I had Steve up to the cottage uh, for you know, oh. to name groomsmen, and they lost to the... A happy the, occasion for about five minutes. They lost the Chicago game, which another game they should have won. And... I, 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 like I said, Jesse, I, I, he, he got, he was crushed and he was I, mad I for an hour and a half. Like, he threw yeah. his phone across the room. It's not even my cottage, my parents' cottage. I, know. Like, I was like, wow, it's a good thing they didn't hit anything. We were also drunk. We were also <laughs> somewhat, yeah. And it was like, it took a while of playing Call of Duty Zombies before Steve came back to us. So we got our Steve back. So does Steve care more about the success of the team than Mike Babcock? <laughs> I don't know. Can I answer that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you bad guy. Oh, he's the head coach. They finished last place. Oh, that had to be hard for him. Oh, yeah. It had to be so hard for you, Mike. I'm 28. 
You've been cheering for the Leafs to win for a year and a half. Try your entire life. <laughs> I think I think it's yes. I think it is yes. I don't know if anybody could care about something that much. Um, yeah, did, did you care when they coughed up a five nothing lead in the third to St. Louis? Yeah, all those years ago, Mike. Yeah. No, you didn't. Oh, no, that, you, you did. Grade seven. Everyone yes. in this room cares more. I remember that. Grade seven. Um, okay, so we're going to take a break here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. When we come back, we're going to talk about that Henrik Lundqvist, Cody Eakin thing, yeah. which was mind-boggling. And then, of course, on the download portion of the show, Elliot Friedman joins us th- to talk about Florida. I think he might have to be on the broadcast portion because oh. we're supposed to call him in eight minutes. Well, we're supposed to we'll, we'll be done in eight minutes anyway. Oh, perfect. I've timed it perfectly. I love that your video up in front of that at the beginning of that game was all about how that would happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just think that's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. You can, you can pay Nick Kiprios and Elliot Friedman whatever you want. You can fly them wherever you want. I'm a Leafs fan! <laughs> they are not going to learn any knowledge that I haven't learned through magic and voodoo. Have we started? Yeah, have we started? I, yeah, I started. think so. Okay, hey, let's talk about that uh, Cody Eakin and Henrik Lund- Lundqvist. Yes, please, God, we had, let's we escape the We got a ton of leaves. different ways to pronounce uh, Lundqvist sent our way. Uh, Grumblast. Um, Grumblast? Yeah, Hank Grumblast. Is that, how you oh. it? Is that how you do it in Swedish? No. Oh. It's just people keep telling me how to pronounce it, and I'm going to intentionally not pronounce let's it right. Let's call him Andrew. Andrew. Henrik Dubquist. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we saw the Cody Eakin, Henrik Lundqvist... Uh, kerfuffle. Yeah, I, I loved Friedman's breakdown on the broadcast last night where he just goes, I, I don't know what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. What could he possibly have been doing? I don't know, but like it's the Lucic Miller thing from a few years ago because people kept bringing that up. Which, by the way, that's how good goalies have it is we have to go all the way back there to think of a, a hit on a goalie that hard. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, at least Miller was way out of his crease. It's kind of body to body. Uh, Eakin followed through. He trucked Lungfist, went right through him, and beamed him right in the noggin. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what he was thinking. It I, was a hit to the head. There's no question. It was a complete hit to the head. Like, if that was a defenseman, Eakin would be getting suspended. But this is not just a goalie. It's Henrik Lungfist. And it's so funny how Lungfist is now... Uh, Lungfist is now a... Uh, a topic on the show again, like he, like he was last show, but for such a different reason. Yeah, pitch you know pitched a shutout, an amazing game. Um, but now I'm going to talk about him like he's a star again, because not only is that a goalie, it's a star goalie a in this well league, well respected player. I think Eakin's going to get the book thrown at him because it's not just about protecting goalies. And it's not just about protecting stars. Like, he, Eakin is going to be, I think an example is going to be made of this young man. So by that, what, what you're, and, and this doesn't have to be based on any any prior knowledge, what do you think he's going to get? Yeah, even if Eakin doesn't have prior offenses, which I, I don't remember, uh, at least five games, I think. <laughs> he targeted the head of a goalie. Like, definitively, like, conspiracy theorists are like, Gianta on Reimer. I mean, maybe. But like this, there's no conversation to be had. No, he did. He he, he beamed the goalie in the head um, behind the net. If if there's a low watermark, let's say Cody Eakin doesn't have any prior suspensions, and I don't actually know if he does or not. Yeah. Um, if there's a low watermark where this many games is acceptable and this many games isn't, is it five or is it less than five? Like if he gets three, are you going to be like, okay, it has to be. I'd say three is the minimum. Minimum. But it's Lungfist. Add another two. <laughs> it's Hank. Mm-hmm. It's the king. 
You, you gotta. I I really cannot believe you did that. <laughs> no, I, I it it is. It is. It kind of defies any sort of explanation other than he was in competitive mode and just did it and wasn't thinking, and he probably wasn't thinking. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, I. And how did no one? No one on the Rangers fought him. No, not one. What happened? Yeah, they're the Broadway bullies. Like I, I don't. I don't like, what happened to hockey? Like I know you could definitely argue. Like I don't know if he got a five minute major on that. Okay, he got ejected. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. Well, there, you, which is an automatic. Five yeah, five yeah. and automatic yeah. ejection. Five, so you could say, well, don't bother doing anything because you're about to go on a five minute power play. Nuts to that. He he creamed your thirty four year old star goalie, who is essentially your captain. That is essentially the Rangers' captain. Mm-hmm. I know it's Ryan McDonough, but whatever. Uh, uh, how do you? How does nobody? Who's the? Who is the worst person on the ice? Like who is? Who is the least important to the team? Whoever you are, whatever your strength is, whatever your history of fighting in the National Hockey League or any hockey league is, go get him. Drop your gloves. Don't wait for him to drop his and start feeding his face. But but I guess that's not the game anymore. Doesn't seem that way. Um, it, was, it was like it was like a few nights ago. Did you see the argument? What were you going to say? Have you seen the arguments that it wasn't intentional? Stop. Who said? That? So what are the what are the arguments? Who so said is that? there anything that's sort of legitimate? So Eakin wants to come in and put forecheck pressure behind the net, thinking Lundqvist is going to play the puck sooner. Lundqvist stick handles a few seconds, trying to lure Eakin closer to beat him with a pass. Eakin thinks he can take the outside route around Lundqvist initially, but has badly miscalculated. Because he leaps towards the boards, that coincides with the moment Lundqvist drops his head and shoulder to shoot, resulting in a clear-as-day charge that knocks Lundqvist to the ground. This is from um, the SB Nation blog. Oh, is this from? Dallas Stars blog, SB Nation. Oh, that's a friend of the show, I gotta say. I mean... Aaron Bolin. Who? Aaron Bolin. Yep. Yeah. I mean, maybe guys. Uh, may, <laughs> maybe, but look. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that matters that much. Yeah. Like I. I know when when I when I was hit in an intersection uh, just down the street from here, and someone totaled my car two years ago. Um, they didn't mean to hit my car or total it. But the fact was, they hit my car and totaled it, and it was their fault. Yeah, but uh, so the that, argument could be, like, did you do something that altered their judgment and therefore kind of caused the accident? Yeah. Mm. So, but they ran again, red, to be fair. it's a goalie, and it's Lungfist. Like, even if you determine it wasn't intentional, you got to give them at least two or three. Yeah, exactly. I, and, and you can't, I don't know in this yeah. case if you can prove intention, yeah, but the fact is the event happened. There's so no you time. Have to, you have to suspend that. There's no time to be Inspector Gadget, like in the moment. Like if you're one of the Rangers, you have to go in and fill oh. in that guy's face. You have to. Do you think Alan Vigneault had a talk with his players after that? Yeah, because that wasn't he a maniac on the ice when he played? Uh, Alan Vigneault? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like what a I don't I don't believe it. It was like I was having an argument with Berkshire, who's written some great stuff recently, by the way, about the uh, Emelin thing. And well, explain that. So it was basically uh, I, I guess some people were getting on Emelin from uh, because he turtled from Aginla uh-huh. after that ridiculous hit on Colburn. A huge flipping hip check. It's a ten-one game in which his team is winning ten-one, and he lays a hit like that. 
Yes, it's within the rules. Yes, it's a 60-minute game. Yes, he's allowed to lay that hit. No, you're not allowed to fight someone. Yes, Aginla was the guy trying to fight him. Yes, it is true that Emelin has a plate in his face that he got in, I think, 2009 from a fight when he was in the KHL. So, yes, it makes sense that he would turtle from a fight. But you don't understand what I mean here? You don't understand what I'm talking about? Where someone, If you're going to do something like that, there has to be a price to pay. That's my boy you're messing with. You There That's has to be it. a price to pay. A price to pay for what? It was a legal hit. Stop like you don't know what is coming out of my mouth. Stop like you don't understand. But Steve. Stop with the it's semantics. the rules. Uh, yeah, but Steve. <laughs> and if he's such a delicate flower, if this guy simply you cannot touch his face. First of all, he's a defenseman. Like how on earth is this guy allowed to play in the National Hockey League? He gets a puck to the face. It's over, Johnny. Oh, well, it's such a low risk that that'll happen. Okay, we'll tell that to Mark Stahl, and tell that to Ian LaPerriere, and tell that to Brian Burrard, and tell that to Richard Zednick, and tell that to Casey Sezikis from the other night, and tell that to Clint Malarchuk, and tell that to all kinds of guys. Stuff happens! Stuff happens out there! And you can say, well, that's a freak accident versus a fight. Look, the fact of the matter is, if this guy's face needs to be protected, he should be forced to wear a full mask. And he shouldn't be doing ridiculous things like that. Yeah, I don't know if a full mask would have protected him from from no, laying no. that hit. <laughs> he still would have done it, <laughs> right? No, no, but like I don't know. I'm saying if you can't fight this guy, if he's if yeah. just yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I you know I'll, I'll be straight. I wouldn't want to fight Jerome McGinley. <laughs> totally. Oh no, I understand why. I'm not saying he should have. I'm just saying it's certainly not weird that McGinley wanted to. No. And it's definitely weird that no one on the Rangers wanted to. Will people, and I know the New York media is is tough on their teams, will people yeah. make a story of this? That nobody fought on, on yeah. his behalf. And you know, it doesn't say, mean anything. The more the more I, I read and the more I like observe, um, Toronto's not the hardest media market out no, there. No, Montreal and New York, I think, are. Montreal, New York. I think Vancouver is even harder. Really? Yeah, I do. I do. It's where goalies go to die. <laughs> and also, like, they really... The fan base is so split on what the team is. Management is obviously just out to lunch for what the team is. If you go to the homepage of the New York Daily News and you hit sports, the first thing that pops up is Mets mailbag. <laughs> and now we wait. What's going to happen to Cespedes? So, so it didn't even make the... So it didn't even make the Daily News the website. Well, listen, wow. if you're a Mets fan, <laughs> like, those, here's the answer. two great stories winning. in one. <laughs> <laughs> you're a Mets fan. You're not winning. Yeah, that, I mean, end of the end of story. Yeah, Cespedes will probably, even if he plays for you, you will still not win. You're it, a Mets fan. It's two It's two great stories in one. One, he got hit, and there's your negative story. Two, shut out in, after uh, getting sat for four yeah, straight Yeah, but baseball games. in New York, man. Baseball in New York. Well, I mean, it is December. <laughs> I know, you're right. So, you're right. It's perfect. Point. Like, aren't the Rangers one of, like, three teams in this league that turn a profit? Uh, if you scroll to the bottom, I found it. The Right before the end of the page, it says, uh, Lundqvist returns, Rangers shutout stars, and 2 nothing win. Oh, good. So, well, glad that, that squeaked odd. in there. Weird. Hey, we got to go on uh, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. When, we, when you download us at sportsnet.ca, you will find... And an interview with Elliot Friedman, which we are about to do right now, which is very exciting. Because um, I know you're just dying for more Florida Panthers. The content. show is brought to you by, exactly, <laughs> Panago Pizza. It is what is on the inside that counts.
Give the gift of Gretzky. 99 stories of the game by Wayne Gretzky. First, he rewrote the record book. Now, he's written the story of our game. To mark the NHL's 99th anniversary, Gretzky looks back on the last 99 years and tells us, from his point of view, about the NHL's most memorable moments. We already know what he means to the game. Now, he shows us what the game means to him. From hockey's fierce early battles on natural ice through its mythical golden era, where Howe, Richard, Beliveau, Hall, or an Esposito defined greatness, through the unforgettable dynasties in Montreal, New York, and Edmonton, and the success stories of today's NHL, Gretzky takes us onto the ice and into the dressing room to share never-before-published stories about the great players and great characters who have inspired him. Head over to your local bookstore today and to cross another person off your list this holiday season. All right, we got a couple big announcements. Elliot Friedman is, uh, we're, we're going to call him and try him again. We tried him once, he, it didn't go through. Doing but... important Elliot Friedman things, I can only assume. Yes, uh, Elliot Friedman will be on, but we need to talk about a couple things. Cespedes. Not Cespedes. <laughs> no, we need to talk about uh, how Kevin Durant praised the Knicks that he had no time for. <laughs> is, that a, is that a headline that for That was a headline yes. in the oh, in Is the that Elliot? Post. Yeah, he said, give me two. Give me two. All right. So we got, we got two. We had two announcements. Gentlemen. Whoa. First one, Steve, I'm going to let you take this one. Oh, which one's it, this? This is the Hockey Night in Cinema. Oh. Are you ready? Now, wait. Let me make sure I got the right date because this I'm not a smart it's, the person. The date is January 14th. Thank you. Okay, good. So the date is January 14th. <laughs> in what grand Canadian city will Hockey Night in Cinema travel to will it be toronto we've we've never been to this city before will it be not ottawa or toronto so it won't be toronto won't be ottawa we're staying in ontario though so it will not be montreal will not be montreal sorry sorry brother (laughs) (laughs) sorry dad sorry dads well how how do you how do you say uh oh Wait, uh, hockey night in Canada won't be in Mon- Montreal. <laughs> I think it's Mon Frere, Mon Pere. Did, did you say is that your mom and dad? Mon Frere, Mon Pere. Uh, isn't Frere brother? Oh, I don't know. Uh, but you took it to grade ten. I don't know. Did, did you say? Did you say hockey night in cinema won't be in Montreal? Yeah. Say <gasps> dommage. I don't even know what that means. I think, I think it's it's too bad. Oh, zoot, uh, <laughs> zoot all. Uh, get ready, because hockey night in cinema. Is coming to London, Ontario, home of the London Knights. Wow, Jesse, can you put Barnes Old Barn? Barnes Old Barn. That's right. Who are the Leafs playing that night? I don't remember. That's why I want to check. Where in London? Um, you're gonna like this. The only place in London. Yeah, the only place in London. The tiny hamlet worth having a huge party at. I mean, if we're gonna go to London. This is the place yeah, to one have of the party. Literally one of the most notorious party schools in North America. <laughs> That's right. It will be at Western University. That's right. Apparently they got their, their own cinema there. So we're, we're going to be doing that. Yeah, which I didn't know. That's awesome. Ottawa Senators. Hey, there you go. January 14th. Now we can tell you, not only will there be free pizza. Which, will, I mean, that's a good, that's a good thing. Uh, but... At that particular time, we will be giving away London Knights tickets. What? Yeah, so there are going to be some giveaways there. There's going to be a whole bunch of other things. Um, the way to sign up is Eventbrite. Uh, we've got a link for you. Steve is going to tweet that out at some point tonight, I'm going to say. As soon as the show's released, maybe. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that so, should, that should so work. Once, as soon as Jesse posts the show, Steve will tweet the link, and, and we'll all retweet. Um, but the, the, this is an important distinction over the last time. So here's what we we found is that uh, we everybody that wants to come has to sign up on their own. Yeah. So and the reason for that is we want as many of you to come be there yeah. as possible. So when you have, I mean, most people, it's amazing because it it signs up really quickly, and and all of a sudden, like you know, we 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 filled the list in twelve hours. Yeah. But the problem is, is that some sometimes life happens, and we understand that. I man, you're if you get two or three tickets, you're not doing anything that I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. <laughs> but now you have the option of okay, so I can't go. Or I'm, I was going to go with my friends. We all have to register, and I can't go, so I'm going to relinquish my ticket so somebody on the waiting list can. And yeah. that way, you don't have to. It, it just it takes the the headache out of uh, oh my god, can you message or can you retweet this? I, I have an extra ticket to Hockey Night in Cinema. Someone can take it. You know what I mean? So that you don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, London, Ontario, January 14th. It's going to start at six o'clock. I believe doors will open at six six thirty. Someone there. We'll clear that up. The, yeah, that's usually how it it'll works. it'll be on the Eventbrite page and uh, use the hashtag Hockey Night. In cinema because when you do you show up on the Eventbrite page and we just want to fill that sucker up beauty ha- hashtag hockey night in cinema when do you think this podcast is going to be up Jesse Eastern Standard Time 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time wow okay so I will tweet the link after this has been up for a few hours okay okay so it's not just the first maybe, people maybe after dinner like 7 30 something like that yeah cool something like that like, no, let's, let's let's make a time well no guarantees I got stuff to do tonight <laughs> Sure. Let's say let's say seven. Seven. Seven because people will be tuned into their whatever. Perfect. I'm just excited to live like seventeen year old Nazim Kadri for one night. <laughs> In London. In London. Oh my god, I would love to know what living like seventeen year old <laughs> Nazim Kadri was like. <laughs> or Mitch Marner or anybody that ever played there ever. I'm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> It's not quite that, okay? Second, I mean, it's yeah, it's exactly better. That. It's better. It's way right, better. Are you kidding me? Uh, so we'll call. So we're going to call Elliot Friedman. In he a said any time. He's getting cantankerous. We will call him in just a second. The other thing I want to mention to you is right now we have Leafs tickets to give away. <gasps> Leafs tickets, and because I'm a bad person and because I've been working all morning, I can't remember what fucking <laughs> game. I cannot. I, it is it? just. I knew. I don't even know. I had it. I had it in my head, and I've lost it. Okay. Well, if you're sitting there wondering or uh, demanding to know who they're playing, then you don't deserve the. <laughs> you just want. We want you to be such a big fan. Just, uh, just Coyotes. Oh, here's, good enough. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to post the actual contest info on our Reddit page. But for the now, for now, all you need to know is there's leaf leaf tickets in the next couple weeks. And what we're going to do is this. This weekend, I want you to write a poem about the Steve Dangle podcast, podcast including Steve, Jesse, myself, and Panago Pizza. Whoa. And it has to be in the vein of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Oh. So, you're going to write these up, post them either on no, a red... No, email. Email. You're going to yeah. email them to it. You're going to write these up, and you're going to email them to stevedanglepodcast at gmail.com. We're going to pick our favorite three, and we're going to go through them, count them down, and then, of course, number one will win, and then number two and three will win some Pentagon gift cards. Whoa! So you'll what? at least, yeah. So we at least have some bronze and silver medals for people in the in the in the form of a wheel, two pops and a wheel, or right? a couple pops and a wheel. Pop, yeah, cold pop and a wheel. Oh my god! I hate when people say that. Um, I hate that. <laughs> so. Uh, Adam Wild, enemy of the everyman. Steve Dangle podcast at gmail.com. That is what we want uh, want you to do. So, and we're going to read these out. We're going to read these submissions out. So, be as funny as possible. Don't make it. You don't have to make it as long as Twas the Night Before Christmas. I just said in the vein of include. It has to include Steve, Jesse, and myself and Panago Pizza. When does when's the deadline? 
Uh, we are picking a winner on Tuesday. On Tuesday. So, Whoa, so you, so you don't have a lot of time. Yeah. It's not a lot of time. Especially if you got Monday. like finals. Yeah. And maybe try to incorporate, I don't know, the fact that the Leafs keep giving up goals or at the wrong time or that Steve's a little bit frustrated or uh, I don't know, anything that you want. Get, get, get into this. You got to be like Toronto's hockey team and make me laugh. Get it? Because, because they're, they're the make me laugh. You see, because the Facebook. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. That's so Monday no, like that. at midnight will be your deadline. That's what I'm going to start looking for. Oh, Professor over. Blake. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. If you don't get them in by then, you're getting a failing grade, class. Oh. That's my teacher voice. That was your teacher slash Richard Pryor doing a white person. <laughs> <laughs> this voice is how I'm going to talk is from that, now on. Is that every impression of a white person, by the way? <laughs> It's, yeah, no, that is no. like specifically Richard Pryor. I, I saw some Richard Pryor. I've, I've heard other. I, I feel like that. I feel often. like they're stealing it from Richard Pryor. He, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that wouldn't be new. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people steal stuff from Richard Pryor. Richard, no, his is like he kind of makes his mouth oh, a, a little smaller. Come on! Can't get him. I don't know. Elliot just does not want to talk to us. <laughs> what if he's doing this on purpose? He's like, I'm going to fuck with these guys. <laughs> hey, Steve, fuck you. We, we, we call again, LOL. You just sent a picture of his dick. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, hey, Steve, fuck you. This is Elliot Freeman of Hockey Night in Canada. If this is Dangle, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I would like to see Elliot Freeman just throw up just a, like a couple uh, middle fingers because... There oh! This is I didn't movie. know you could call that. Yeah. Um... Hello. It's Elliot Freeman calling. Elliot Freeman, you've reached the Steve Dangle podcast. Is, is that good or bad? I, well, it's great. <laughs> we thought you didn't like us, actually. <laughs> we, no, I got no issue here. We were expecting your voicemail to change to be like, no Steves. <laughs> Don't call if you're Steve. I mean, Kiprios already very obviously doesn't like me. I, I saw I the TV. I can't hear what you're saying. Oh, you can't hear what he's saying? Oh, here no. we go. That would be my fault. Go ahead, Steve. Hello, Elliot. Now I can hear it. <laughs> I knew it. This board is configured in a weird way, okay? It's not my fault. Yes. Um, well, first of all, I guess let's let's start nice and easy. How are you, sir? I'm good, Steve. How are you? <laughs> I'm uh, a Leaf fan, uh, so that's unfortunate. But uh, other than that, I'm good. good. Elliot? Yes? This is uh, Jesse Blake. Hi, Jesse. What did you eat for breakfast this morning? I had, uh, I actually had a chopped egg bagel and a coffee. Oh, that's a good, that's why, a good breakfast. Why did you ask that question? <laughs> what, what did you have in your coffee? Uh, I drink my coffee black. It's so, the correct so, way. Yeah, so does Jesse. Um, Elliot, I put I put crap in. I now have a, a, an inane question for you. How hilarious Are we being was it? Recorded right now. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> How hilarious was it yesterday when Steve did that video? for you guys on Hockey Central saying it has to be a former Leaf scoring tonight. And Kipper sort of dismissed it and said that Steve's segment should be sponsored by Excedrin, which I thought was a good line. Yeah. Uh, and then and then you came on, you're like, yeah, that's the that's the life of a Leaf fan. And then it actually happened. Does, is anybody surprised? The moment he took the puck at center ice, he knew he was going to score. A hundred percent. With Nikita Soshnikov's move, too. <laughs> Well, I don't know if anybody predicted that, but yeah, nope. I think we all predicted Holland was going to score at that particular point in time. So now we got to wait to see who Frankie Corrado ends up with and how he beats them in the shootout. <laughs> do you and think Stanley Cup? Do you think that's going to happen? Because I mean, uh, I, I did something on free Frank Corrado, then Chris Johnson did something, and, and you did too, and it was all like in a twenty-four hour span uh, mm-hmm. a, a couple weeks ago. You, you do you think this guy's on the move? 
I'm curious to see how they're going to react about the fact that he finally spoke out about it. That's that's what I'm wondering about. Like he's been a really good soldier and has kept his mouth shut. And yesterday he finally said something. And I thought the questions of Babcock, whether now I didn't see who asked it or or how it was asked, but either the questioner misconstrued what Corrado said or Babcock misunderstood the question. But whenever somebody says something, I'm always curious to see how Lou Lamorella was going to react. Do you think that, and Steve mentioned this earlier in the show when you weren't on, he said, do, do, you know, their eighth defenseman is giving them a headache. Do you think Do you think it's surprising that Frank Corrado's allowed to speak to the media at all? No, I think that Frankie has done the right thing. He's kept his mouth shut for all, over a year. Like, I think, I think he's been very good to them in that sense. I think it would have been easier to complain a lot sooner than this. And what are you going to do? You're in a dressing room. If a media member walks up to you, it's your choice mm-hmm. whether to talk or not. And Corrado decided he would not say anything for a long time. And, and, and guys, like there's no coincidence to the fact that it happened on the same day that Peter Holland returned with Arizona. Like same agent. Same agent. And also, if you're Freddie Corrado, you saw this guy, he was basically banished from the team. He gets traded finally, and in his first game, he gets two assists. And in his second game, although it hadn't happened yet, he scores the shootout winner. Like, you don't think Frankie Corrado's sitting there and saying, boy, it would be nice if I got my opportunity. Like, there's no coincidence in that. So what do you think is going to happen? What's the likely outcome, with given the personalities involved, Babcock, Lou Amarello, Brandon Shanahan, anybody else that might have a hand in this, and Frankie Corrado's agent, obviously. Uh, do you think they have the similar conversation with Lou and say, listen, it's it's time to make a move here? Or have well, they already I, had that? Adam, I think that conversation has happened a long time ago. Like, like the only thing I think that changes here is that is that Corrado talked. And, okay. and now, and, and you know, you saw what he said. He said, obviously, Babcock does not like me as a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't like my game. He said that he gave Lamorello credit for perking him up a little bit at times. And I think it comes down to one thing. Does, does, does Lamorello or Babcock say that, okay, now that this guy's talked, let's get him out of here. And that's the only variable that changes in all of this, as far as I'm concerned. Pretty big variable, though. Yes, it's, it's a large variable. It's like your mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> you feel it, yes. So, uh, I know you are, you're just dying to talk more about the Florida Panthers. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, yes, I am. So, I guess a little bit of context. So, uh, we're on the online portion, so I can I can talk about Bob McKenzie now. <laughs> um, he went on quite the rant yesterday. Uh, did you yes, hear I it, Elliot? It. Yeah, somebody said it to me, so I heard it. He's he's getting pretty fed up. So what with did he all say? You got to contextualize yeah. this for anybody that didn't hear it. I, he, he, I know he said we're not making this stuff up, and he, and, yes. and we got to rewind it a little bit here because uh, Darren Drager reported that Dale Talon's uh, duties had been increased. Did he not? Yeah, that they had changed, and then I think you said they hadn't. Well, no. This is this is how it works. Okay, okay good. So, so Darren comes out with the report that. Dale Talon's kind of back in charge or back in charge. So, you know, I got no reason to disbelieve Darren. He's a good reporter and he's right about most things. So I start checking around to see what's, what's up. And I sent a text to the owner, Vinny Viola, one of about 10 people I sent text to. 
or called and, and he called me back and he said no change. And so and I and you know the the Panthers aggressively pushed back, not only with me but with Chris Johnston and their local media, uh, George Richards and Harvey Fieldcock. And so I know what that's like when you're in Darren's shoes when like for example, I remember, you know, a couple of years ago when I was reporting that Tim Lywicki was gonna be out at MLSE, there were some people who put back, pushed back pretty aggressively. And I know what that's like. You're sitting there and you know you're right, but you start doubting yourself. And then people start calling you a liar or wrong. And, uh, you know, it's not a great position to be in. So I think Bob's rant was as much about defending his teammate as anything else. You'll heard at the end of it, he said, look, we don't make stuff up. So he was defending. I think one of the reasons Bob was so demonstrative and angry was because he didn't like the, the heat that Darren was under, which I get. Believe me, I get. I don't think Darren was wrong. I, I think what happened here is something definitely happened in that organization. The ground kind of shifted, and Dale was asked to get back. Like, Dale, was, he was like, I'm fed up with this. I don't Nobody listens to me. I'm on the outside, whatever. And I think they went to him, and they said, we need you to be more active, come back and be more involved because we need to fix what's going on here. And so it got out. And I think the team was a little bit embarrassed. I think they would have preferred it didn't come out. And their point is saying, look, like Dale's title has never changed. Right. And that's, and it's a bit of semantics, but that's what they were doing. And, you know, but I do think there's no question that Dale's influence, which was waning as recently as a week ago, has now grown back a bit stronger. Is that because of the last 10 games and they've gone, what is it, 2-3-3? Three, and three? Uh, Yeah, 2-3-3 yeah, three, three, three in the last Well, actually, after last night, I think they're 2-7. They've lost 7 of them. Whoa. But 4 of them are in overtime or uh, a shootout. And, you know, I, I remember, like, I'll tell you a story, guys. I remember a, a couple of years ago, um, I was eating dinner with some friends, and a guy came up to me and he said, so-and-so is over here and he's going to be buying a team. And can he talk to you for a second? And I said, I was introduced. I said, hello. And, um, you know, he said to me, do you have any advice? And the one thing I told him was, I said, I, I, I don't like it when like really wealthy, successful people ask me for advice because I'm not wealthy and I'm not successful like them. So Hell yet. I, I, I said to him, I said to him, look, the one thing you're about to learn is people should care more about your business because it's more important, but they won't. They'll care more about your sports team. You can make all the mistakes you need to make in business, and 98% of the time, nobody's going to notice, and nobody's going to make a big deal about it, and nobody's going to care. But if you screw up your sports team, get ready, because you're going to get a public monsoon that you've never seen before. And Vinny Viola's going through that right now. This is the first time he's probably ever seen anything like this in his life. Um, you know, he's had a, he had a pretty famous book written about him by Michael Lewis, the guy who wrote Moneyball. That's right. But it's, not, it's nothing like this. And I'm sure he's going through the ringer right now. And everybody's telling him how, what a terrible job he's doing and, and how dumb he is, which he isn't. And he's saying, wow, like, I've never been through this before. And... You know, that's what's kind of going on. He's sitting there and saying, I'm in the eye of the storm. How do I get out of this? And it, I'm going to help ask Dale Talon to get me help. 
The one thing I don't know here, guys, is if Dale Town was to walk into his office tomorrow, Viola's office, and say, I've got a six-player trade that I think can fix us, can he do it? Ooh. That I don't know. Who can? Is there well, a- ultimately, ultimately, it's the owner's call, right? But some owners are like, okay, if you tell me this, we'll do it. Like, I know there's, like, a couple weeks ago, there was a player I heard became available, and he's, like, an owner's favorite. The owner loves him. And I said, can you trade this guy? And because I heard the owner likes you. And actually, it was not a couple weeks ago. It was a while ago. It was a year ago. And, and, the, uh, and, the G, and, the, and the GM in question said, yes, you're right. My owner likes him. But he said, he leaves it to me. He says, if you really think this is a move we need to make, fine. I won't like it, but fine. And it hasn't happened because he never got a deal he liked. But the fact is, some owners say, you're in charge, but you don't surprise me. And other owners are like, I've got to know everything. And I think Viola is in camp B. Okay. Very neat. Um, So you put us in 30 thoughts uh, last week, which is crazy. Well, you guys did a good podcast with us. Uh, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, I didn't even know we made it. That that Thank is you. like wow. That uh, Adam's been on vacation. <laughs> That's amazing. So he, he didn't even know. He found out just now. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I guess they don't have the internet where you went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Ironically, <laughs> Elliot, you know where he was? Florida. <laughs> oh yeah, you know they don't have the internet in Florida. No, they don't. <laughs> there are, I mean, there are some things that happen there. Or a stable hockey team. World <laughs> star. World star. Um, so you you listen to that. I assume the whole thing. Yeah, um, I listened to this part. Yeah. What What were your... Uh, <laughs> wow, Elliot's just dropping a hot fire on wow. us right now. Um, keep uh, going. What, what were... Did you learn anything from it? Oh, yeah. I, I learned. I, I thought the whole... Like, I thought the whole idea about the, about the structure was interesting. Um, I, I really... I, I enjoyed that bit. You know, I thought it was good he came on. Like if there if there's one thing I've learned about the Florida Panthers in the last month is that these guys are not afraid to answer questions. You know, Tom Rowe came on and did it, and Doug Seafood did it with you, and Vinny Viola called me back this week, and a lot of owners wouldn't have. Um, like these guys don't run away, and I I do respect that. I see. I guess that was the confusing thing for me because people were asking so many questions about the team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was it. They were asking the questions, and then that was kind of the end of the dialogue. And these guys are actually f- pretty easy to get a hold of, um, which I, I found kind of strange. And what one thing I've kind of been talking about a bit, and Bob obviously touched on it in his rant, um, do you think a lot of people in, we'll call it the industry, feel mm-hmm. like they have a personal, like they, they have a dog in this fight? On whether what do you mean by what, what do you mean by that? Do you mean the analytics versus non analytics? Not even analytics versus non analytics, but some people I think feel like the Panthers represent the way they want hockey to go, and also the way uh, they 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 are threatening the way they want hockey to be. You know, uh, well, you are talking about analytics, but yeah. Uh, I mean, so why don't you just say yes when Adam brought it up? How come you had to talk circles around? It? <laughs> I don't know because <laughs> I try to be smart. Alex just coming in here slapping everybody. 
Uh, well, he treats know, me nicer uh, than Kiprios did on the air yeah, yesterday. Yeah. So. <laughs> but you know what, Steve? I think that's gone both ways. Like, oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Right, like, I, like, look at this. Like, like, first of all, I, to me, the whole analytic versus old school debate is, is the stupidest debate ever. It's like, it, it really yeah. is. It's childish. It's immature. Um, all the two sides do is bait each other. Like, if I was running a team, I would want to know that my team, my hockey operations department, was doing everything it could to win. Everything. And, if, and, and to be honest, like, I think there's a lot of teams out there that do use analytics, but I'm not sure they're using the analytics that we use or that people on the Internet use. Like, you know, Scotty Bowman used to do, uh, keep stats of who won puck battles. Huh. And when, when you shot the puck into the corner, did, did you get it? Did our team get it? What happened? Like, so I think teams have been using different tools all the time. Like, I know Vancouver, under the Mike Gillis administration, one of the stats that they really believed in was how much you had the puck in the offensive zone. And, and they didn't just track shots. They tracked actually how much time you had with the puck. Because L.A., a team always that gave them trouble, was a team that always had the puck in the offensive zone. So I think that there's a teams doing this stuff, but they're not necessarily doing the stuff that we keep track of on Twitter or on the Internet. And I think that's one of the problems. They, like when Babcock goes off on his coursey thing yesterday about Hunwick and Polak, he's saying that there's things I value and that there's things that people online value, and we don't value them the same way. And I think it's tough to argue with a guy who's won a Stanley Cup, a, uh, a World Junior Championship, uh, a Canadian University Championship, a World Cup gold medal, and two Olympic gold medals. Like, you know, when, when he says, I believe a certain way, it's tough to argue with him. So I think this whole thing is stupid and people just bait each other and I really don't pay a lot of attention to it anymore. What I think that has happened in this case, I think there is an issue with the Panthers doing it differently. I do think there's a segment of the media that doesn't like that, absolutely. And also, and I say this myself, I like Dale Talent. Like, and, and I like Gerard Gallant. And I've known uh, Mike Kelly, the, assist, the assistant coach who was fired there, I met him when I was 18 years old and as a student at the University of Western Ontario when he was the assistant coach there. Wow. And I like those guys. And, but I don't think, but I think there's a lot of people who like Dale. And I think that that does, you know, we always give the benefit of the doubt to people we like. And I, you know, I always try to be fair and I always try to bend over backwards. But I do think that the guys who got kind of let go in Florida weren't as well-known as the guys, or were much more well-known as the guys who were there. And yes, I do think that plays a role, but conversely, guys, I also feel that there are people on, on hockey Twitter, I guess, sure. who would trash an NHL team that was doing this, but bend over backwards for the Panthers because they're doing it the way they like it. 100%. So I think the biases yeah. go both ways. 100%. They really do. Because it confirms yeah. their point of view. Um, Elliot, what what I want to know, and this is this to me is the more interesting question in in the Florida Panthers situation, and in any sport, you have 
owners that have personalities. You know, you get your Jerry Jones uh, yeah. in, in, you know, in Dallas. You've got Dan Snyder in, in, in Washington in football who, you know, not like it or not, he's a personality. Um, you know, you've got personalities in, in baseball, the Steinbrenners. Uh, you've got it all over. In the NHL, from what you've seen with guys, owners that are, are involved, got their hands mm-hmm. in everything, and owners who are not, mm-hmm. um, what teams on the whole are more successful? What kind of ownership groups do they have? Are they ones that take a hands-off approach and let the hockey people do the hockey things? Or are they the ones that are in it and involved and learning? What, what do you think? You know, Adam, I think that's, that question is impossible to answer 100% one way or the other. And, and like, I'll look, at it, I'll look at it this way. Um, you know, Vancouver uh, has an owner who's very active the Aquilini family. But there have been times they've been very successful and there have been times they have. I think what, so, like, like, like San Jose, like Doug Wilson has a very autonomous position there. Their owner, he rarely meddles. And they do great. Tampa Bay, Jeff Vinnick, their owner rarely meddles. Steve Eiserman has a big stick there. And they generally do very well. Detroit, you can argue that they've been the most successful team in the last 20 years, 25 years. Um, the, the Illiches almost never medal. And they do great. And New Jersey, which won their three Stanley Cups, they never medaled. And they did great for a long time. So I think there's an argument to be made for let your experts do what they're supposed to do. But there have been teams who've had success, who've been successful with meddling ownership. I just don't think it lasts as long. That is the fairest, most Elliot Friedman thought out answer. <laughs> it's so nice not to have like a hot take. It's it's cut and cut and dry. It, it, you're right. It's it, these an- the question would be impossible to answer. I appreciate the fact that you went to that length to try to answer it anyway, though. I appreciate that. Well, you know, I try to limit my hot takery because, like, you know what? Like, I I, I don't like. I'm a big believer in save your bullets. Uh, you have hot takes all the time, people get sick of them. Right. So you got to just have the right moment when you really believe you have something, which in my case is about once every six years. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's something I've, I've wondered uh, aloud a couple times. Dale Talent has like it, one of the best resumes uh, out there, like in terms mm-hmm. of present-day NHL and management and everything. If, if this situation... Uh, is such a headache. Uh, don't you think he could just leave? Because wouldn't someone scoop him up instantly? You know, that's a great question, Steve. Um, a year ago, almost, I heard he was going to Vancouver. Like, this thing, this situation was brewing, and, you know, he. I heard he was going to go when Vancouver was kind of going through struggles at the end of last year. The word was that he was going to go there and he was going to, like, move in between Trevor Linden and Jim Benning. And I heard it a lot of different places. And don't forget, like, he's got a connection with Vancouver. He was their first ever NHL draft pick. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but it never happened. Like, Trevor Linden told me, like, I keep hearing this rumor, but it's not true. Like, it's and it hasn't happened. So, you know... And, I, you know, when Las Vegas came up, there were rumors that he was going to be on the list for Vegas. And I don't think he ever got interviewed. So, 
I don't know. Like you would think, you know, he did a great job in Chicago. He set them up to win a Stanley Cup, although he didn't win one there. He really stabilized Florida and got them going again. But to this point, and like the secrets, it's not exactly a secret in the industry. People know that he, um, you know, people know that he is available or wants to leave, but it hasn't happened. Hmm. That's all I can tell you. I have heard that he's just kind of comfortable doing what he's doing. I don't uh, believe that. No? Okay. I don't know. Like, you know, like, he had a vision there, and it's not the vision that's shared by current ownership. And I don't, there's no way he liked Branson getting traded, and there's no way he liked Jared Gallant getting fired, and there's no way he liked the training staff getting let go and stuff like that. I, I don't believe that. I think if, uh, now, do I think he necessarily wants to, like, how old is Dale? He's got to be 60-something. Maybe he doesn't want to be grinding the way a guy has to grind, but I think he'd like, I don't think he enjoys this. Okay. Um, there was a report uh, out of the province in Vancouver. I think it was Jason Botchford. He said that he reported that Dale Talon did try to trade Good Branson before he kind of had his his role changed. Did you hear anything to that effect? Yeah, I think I don't think Jason's wrong. I think that the conversation was uh, is pretty accurate. But I think that um, I don't think he would have made the deal that uh, that they made with Vancouver. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. When do we get to stop talking about them? <laughs> Hopefully soon. Hopefully at the end of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. Well, okay, I hope it's done. Like, I'll, I'll tell you this. Like, and I, I kind of alluded to this last week in my blog that Adam didn't read. <laughs> I always read it. I always read it. <laughs> you always sometimes read it. <laughs> but... but I, I think that the thing that bothers the NHL the most is that Florida as an organization has been a tire fire for the NHL for a long time. And they looked at it last year and they were like, all right, this is one last headache we have now. <laughs> and now you're looking at it and you're going, um, what do we got here? And I think that's the concern for the NHL is, do we have a problem that we thought we were rid of. So I think that's the way the league looks at it. And I think that's the, but I think the other thing too here, guys, is that I'm just curious to see where this is all going to shake down at the end of this year. Like when, when the season's over, whether the Panthers are in the playoffs or they're not in the playoffs, whatever happens to them, that's the question. When they get some time to really breathe and see how things shake down, where are we? And I think that's going to be the big question. Man, this team is too young and too talented to be <sighs> going through all this stuff well, to me. I don't know. It's just there's so many great young players on this team for them to have these problems. And, and I would probably agree with that. But let, let me ask you something, Elliot, and try, try to go back in time mentally here. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend nothing happened. Gerard mm-hmm. Gallant is still the head coach. Mike mm-hmm. Kelly's still the assistant coach. Yeah. And over the last... I don't know, eight games, nine games, whatever it was, they have the exact same record. It's two, three, and three, or whatever it was. Yeah. Do we even bat an eye? I think you bat an eye because the team's not doing well, right? I mean, that's not catastrophic, though. It's certainly not good, but like, it's well, not think, uncommon for a good team to go, is, like, to get two I, wins in that stretch. 
I think the problem this year is if you're doing the math, right? Um, the the margin of error in the Atlantic Division is really small mm-hmm. because you're looking at the Metro. Okay, you're looking at the Metro, and you're like, well, guess where the wild cards are coming from? The, both Metro, probably. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, barring collapses, you, you think it's all coming from the Metro. So if you're in your, and that's, you know, that's the problem for the Maple Leafs, too. If you're in this division, your margin for error is really small. You got to get one of the top three spots. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good times. You know, I love it. Elliot Freeman, uh, you know, we, we'd love to see you in person, but the fact that we got you on the phone mid-season yes. is, is amazing, and we so appreciate that. Well, you know what my wife says, Adam? The less you see me, the more you like me. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, there, is there one more thing you would like to say about this situation before putting it to bed? You know, I think the one thing I would say about those guys is, Florida is. Like I said, I know a lot of those guys who uh, used to be in Florida. The guys there now, like, to me, it's like keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that, you know, I'd like, I would like to see if this works. Um, in the sense that, you know, the way they're building a team, we've all heard arguments about whether or not this could work. And why it can't? I'd like to see if it actually could. That's, that's what I'm curious about. Now, the the only other thing I would say is that um, if I was Vinny Viola, I think I saw John McDonough give a speech, and a couple weeks ago, and it was an awesome speech. He said, "Since we got to Chicago." We've gone from a rotating door of GMs and coaches to consistency. You have to make a plan, and you have to stay with it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Florida has to do. Make your plan, stay with it. Do you think the Leafs will do that with their current defense core? <laughs> you know, uh, no. I think eventually they will make changes to that. Okay. You know, they're, they're, if they had... like dumbest thing ever to say. But if they had Hackman Larson, like we were watching last night, I want, you know, how much better a team would they be if they had one guy like that? One guy. One guy. It's literally one guy. But then it's yeah. how do you get a, how do you get an Oliver Ekman Larson? <laughs> well, that's the problem. Look what look what Edmonton had to do to get Adam Larson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even have to pay for the Ekman there. <laughs> oh, you see, wow. because <laughs> <laughs> Elliot Freeman, Steve, do you have any more questions? Are we good? Are we no, know that, you know what that was. That was Excedrin. That was yeah. Excedrin. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, uh, Elliot, thank you so much for for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. And uh, you know what we we hope to get you in the studio at some time. I'm sure that'll be in the summertime. But you know we love you and really truly appreciate uh, what you. You're making time for us and what you had to say today. All right, we'll do it after the season, guys. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Reed. Right. Bye. It's my pleasure, guys. Take care. Oh. Elliot Freed. He wants the same thing I want. He wants he wants watch? Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> no, I'm not even talking about the lease. I'm talking about uh, to watch this thing play out. The games, the hockey, the fun. Yes. Remember that? Remember all of that? Like, Gems? 
Hmm? Some play some gems. Play some gems. Some like, run some chow. All summer. <laughs> he just wants he wants to run some chow. <laughs> sometimes in chow you have pain and sometimes you have pen. You have pen? <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe this is a perfect time to bring this up. When we were at your house, Steve. Oh, this wasn't on the show? I don't think so. What happened? We were it was me, I thought this was on the show. Me, Steve, and Jesse were talking about we were we were just talking or whatever. And Jesse got Jesse got a little antsy and he was and he he wanted to play NHL and we were both like, ah and Jesse's like, fight me a chell, bitch. <laughs> and then we thought we thought that that would be a really great YouTube series called Fight Me a Chell, bitch. And then so basically Jesse challenges people to to play him at NHL. And yeah, by the like way, in I think the street, NHL, like he just walks up to an eight year old and like shoves him. Fight me a chell bitch. Fight, just me just fight me a chell bitch. <laughs> Friedman <laughs> Sorry, we just went from really great interview with Elliot Freeman to that. I know. That's our show. Hey, maybe this is a great time to bring it up. In retrospect, no. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, I love you, buddy. That was, um, man, that was really enlightening. I did not know the Vancouver thing, or maybe I did know and forgot. I didn't know the talent. I didn't know that. To, I never heard that. Never to heard Vancouver. that. Um, I thought. I, I don't think that's widely known information. I don't think so either. Yeah. I doubt. I bet Vancouver would have been like, "Sure, we'll take him." Well, he talked. He talked about uh, Lyndon sh- shutting down those rumors. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was just a conversation. I don't know that that was necessarily reported, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know because <laughs> the, unless I misunderstood, that would have put uh, Talon ahead of Jim Benning. Benning would still be the GM, but Dale Talon would be in charge. He would be, uh, I guess, the Shanahan to Lamarello mm. sort of thing. Um, there was a report by Friedman or by Scott Lewis on Sportsnet that says uh, Canucks deny they're interested in Panthers Dale Talon, and that was back in May. I so, also think at that point, to be honest, um, it would have been less of a story. Mm-hmm. You think? Should, I think mm-hmm. given all that has happened with the Florida Panthers in the last three weeks, now that's interesting. But I think back then it would have been like, okay, so Dale Talon's leaving and they're going analytics. What a surprise. And I like, like I liked Friedman's reaction to that question because... It seems to me that that is a fairly obvious option. Why doesn't Dale Talon just leave? Mm-hmm. Well, like, I, I, why he is far too old and successful. I didn't bring, to stay in a situation he doesn't like. I didn't bring this up, but I don't think that that's necessarily possible. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, so in in my contract, I have what's called a non compete. Um, essentially, it means if I want to go somewhere else, yeah, um, I have to give my station X amount of months heads up. And I can't tell you how many because that's bre- that's breach of contract. Of, of course, uh, but you have to give this many this much time. And I I have been given non a contract with a non compete clause mm-hmm. for a company that I didn't even work for yet. It was basically in order to pitch me this idea whether I actually uh, sign with them or not. I still can't work for a competitor of theirs for six months. Did you didn't sign that? Did you? Uh, they did a naughty thing and told me who the client was. And so, yes, then I did. <laughs> but I, I told them I refused to sign it until they told me who their client was. I, I would have refused to sign it outright, period. Yeah. I'll explain the story after. Okay. You'll understand. All right. Would it have made sense? All right. I hope 100%. so. hundred percent. Because that's not fair. Trust me. It, that's turned, also, out, that's, it, it turned out great for me. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> as long as that's the case. Because I, I would have been like, uh. It anyway. turned out great. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't think Dale Talon could just leave and go work for another team. I feel like if the Florida Panthers wanted to, mm-hmm. uh, not that they would, but if they wanted to, the ownership has enough money that if Dale Talon were to resign, they could pay him out the rest of his contract. I don't know where his contract ends, but if he's still under contract, 
they have to give permissions for other teams to talk to him. And if they don't give that permission, then he sits on the sidelines. Well, this is uh, what I'm confused to. So GMs get signed to contracts. Coaches get signed to contracts. Like, is Brandon Shanahan on a contract or is he just the president? Like, is he a full-time employee? But a president would have a contract, mm-hmm. even though he's a, like, I have a contract. That expires? Yeah, I have a contract that expires. I'm a full-time employee. No, 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 you do. But Brandon do Shanahan would too. Pretty, yeah. pretty, yeah? Yeah, yeah, pretty straightforward. Hmm. I mean, it's not, the reason you do that is it's because. So they can't just up and leave. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It protects the business and it also protects the person working for the business. And someone with the value of Brandon Shanahan, what he brings to your business and what Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment really believes he brings, um, that. You, you need to, A, protect your asset, and B, you, you understand that that asset coming in is probably going to want to protect themselves. So it's a, uh, I feel like Dale Talon couldn't just leave. I think it would be really hard for him to just leave. And I don't think, you know, he's probably looking at it like, okay, so I work out my contract here. I finish my contract here, and then I can go wherever, wherever I want. Do I spend the rest of my contract sitting on the sidelines, or do I just put up with it until my contract's done? My thinking is Dale Talon wants to be around the game, wants to stay sharp on things, wants to stay up on his contacts, and continue continue with this until your contract's done. Just thought. Fascinating. This Fascinating. Is heading into the season, this is not where I thought the story of the Florida Panthers would Me go. Me neither. I thought they were such a slam dunk. It's really, who's, who's still out for them? Is it Huberto? Or Barkov? Huberto's out. Yeah. Barkov's back. I don't think there's that Is he back? Goff? Oh. oh. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Barkov is playing. Okay, so Huberto, Huberto's still out. Yeah. Huberto, that's, a, that's a big one, though. It is. And I think this narrative is much different, i.e. Columbus last season if um, Bobrovsky had started well. I think the narrative is a lot different if Huberto's in the lineup. I'm not saying that Gerard Gallant wouldn't be gone. I'm saying he'd be coached. Oh, 100% he'd be coached. Their record would be better, mm-hmm. and he'd be coached. Because it's Jonathan Huberto. They wouldn't be one game above 500 at the time he was fired. They'd, they'd be well above it. If I you think. take a top-line player out of any team, you're not going to replace him with a top-line player. So you're going to be missing that scale. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. Unless you're the Pittsburgh Penguins and it just doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah unless you're one of like five teams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which the Panthers are not one. Now, Steve, to get you on the road in time before yes. the snowstorm hits, please. Shall we do the press conference? Yes. The presser. SDP. The Steve Dangle press conference. We got two questions. One, because I like the username. Bringer of champagne, right? I like that. (laughs) You're invited to Jesse's party tonight. (laughs) Who would win in a tag team Nova Scotia-style Greco-Roman match? Wow. Which, Adam, you might have missed the Ken Reed show. I missed most of it, Adam doesn't read Friedman. He doesn't doesn't listen listen to us. It was a good episode, man. I know. I... I know. I know it was. <laughs> I know you, I missed it. If you had listened to it, when you would, have would I have had time to listen to it? Do you know do you know how my day started today? Hey, how long's how long's a flight to Toronto from Florida? Uh, I think it's about three hours. I slept. Yeah. Oh no. I slept. My hey, Jesse, start- better question. Does he not have ninety seconds to look at his friend on television? No, he doesn't. He no. needs to play oh. on his phone. I was watching the whole thing. It's, and that's, kind of weird. that's not what video evidence Yeah, that's was. not what... Uh, not only that, but I rewound it and recorded and was trying to play it for Elliot Friedman when he came on because I have the audio of, of Nick, Nick Kiprio saying you, your, sponsor, your segment needs to be sponsored by Excedrin. And I edited it up, but the computer will not let me play it. Well, today I just learned that you're supposed to be awarded for things you tried to do as well. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm Cody Eakin to your Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, I, I tried I, to get out of the way. I just want to congratulate the Leafs on uh, trying to win the 
Stanley Cup every year that I've been alive. I just, That's what matters. That is what matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that they tried. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, anyway, continue. Anyways, Maybe so not who's, who's going to win? Steve and Ken Reed or bad friend Adam and Jesse? Oh, man. See, Ken, he, like, he's, got, he's got that experience. I mean, he was trained by Mr. Yankov. Mm-hmm. I'm liking my teammate there. I, I think... I think Jesse and I win because you guys are formidable. Well, it's not. It's not just that. I think Jesse's long limbed, and I think that matters. I, and I think Adam has a solid base. You, you nailed it. You guys. I mean, Jesse. Yeah, long limbs, man. Those long limbs, so he can just kind of spread out, and he'd be impossible to pin. And then Adam's got that. You can't move that butt. He's got that it's booty. booty. It is a booty. I do. Can, I carry a formidable booty. I'm Damn. not gonna lie. You know what kind of a German suplex you can throw <laughs> on a guy with a booty like that? Oh man! Hey, full Scott what would be? Hey, what would be your WWE <laughs> finisher move? Probably the stunner. The stunner? No, no. Like if you could come up with one, you're like I have my you trainer. Come up with a move. Yeah, my trainer. Come my up with a like, move. My trainer's like, what I would do is this, and it, he always does it. He's like, I would do a back rake, so they go like ah, like you know, and you, they puff out the chest, and then I would spin them around and punch them right in the heart. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, in WWE world, that would actually be a finishing move. If this was 14 years ago, I probably would have thought of something. Hey, I think I'm just asking. I think I think there's a lot of people out there who have thought about that answer. I uh, submission move. Would be uh, I'd I'd probably just do guillotine choke. Wow, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would do in a real fight. <laughs> I think just try to get him in a headlock. Well, because like real people are clumsy in in fights. They're not UFC yeah. fighters. They're dumb and they duck their head all the time. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of that. Real fights Go are to sleep. Real fights are so. F- so bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, tough people think they're tough, and they're like, and you're like, wow, you have like you. you this is so sad to watch. You worked out so hard to look that way, and you still can't throw. The average well, person doesn't know how to throw. Adam no. is, Adam's not allowed to make fun of me for going on World Star Hip Hop anymore. No, you know, I would say ninety percent of the people uh, I watch fight on that website lead with the wrong leg. Yes, yeah. they're not, and, they're, and they don't plant yeah. on their back leg. What are you doing? What is this? <laughs> I'm not afraid of that. You're not a cartoon character. This isn't some tough guy talking to you. This yeah, is, why are your arms out here? It's close. That's I don't the point. Get it. I don't anyway, get it. Uh, I, I fight with my hands down because I'm tough. It, I go full Anderson Silva. Oh, yeah, man. there you go. <laughs> Conor McGregor behind the back. I, I, I could just stun outside the bar when I'm really drunk and fight you with no hands. But I would also see so you could do that because you have long arms and legs. I feel like wrestlers that have submission holds for finishers are like not as popular though. So I wouldn't have as long of a wrestling mm. career. Mm. See, I'd want something that would be like flying. What do you mean, like Ric Flair? Oh, that's true. But Rick, Rick Flair had, it's he had charisma, too. right? He had charisma. That was Rick. You'd have to have. You'd have to own your talking moments. Yeah. If you Bret own your Hart. talking moments, yeah. Like I mean, honestly, it's either you're amazing in the ring or you're amazing on the mic. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart putting over Stone Cold Steve Austin too, because he put him in the sharpshooter. But Austin didn't tap out. He passed out from lack of blood because he had a cut in his head. <laughs> and everyone, that's that's when you knew. Stone Cold's got guts. That's so something that can't happen. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you know how much blood he would have to lose to actually pass out? I just want to say, I love it. It was, a, it was a submission and he passed out from it. What? It was a leg long. Jesse, angle, it was on, a like, big cut. <laughs> five ankle locks in a match. Finally gets a successful one. It's the oh, but he's tapping, but he knocked over the ref. Oh, now he realizes the folly of his ways. Oh, oh and somebody's oh. playing trumpet on the side. 
sidelines and the ref's distracted. <laughs> or the trombone. <laughs> anyway. Uh, You're the eighth tombstone from The Undertaker. Maybe it'll work this time. <laughs> All right, next, next question. I don't even remember what the last question was. Um, at what point can we start giving credit to Jake Gardner? Good no. point. Yeah, no, I think You now. know what? I don't notice him ever in the defensive zone. That's such good news for Jake because I used to notice him all the effing time. Uh, he's so much better, and his offense, I think, is just going the way it always has. Mm-hmm. Um, best defenseman they have, I think. You think the best defenseman the Leafs have is Jake Gardner? Who's better? Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley's no. better. No, he, no. He, I think he will be, or could be, certainly. He's got some work to do in his own end. Off, I think he's the best offensive defenseman they have. Or maybe him and Gardner are tied. Uh, Gardner's Damn. better in his own end. Do you know how many tweets you're going to get about that? That's interesting. I'm going to get a lot of people going, you finally came around. Really? Oh, 100 percent. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I always thought that with Jake Gardner, it was um, he had Brian McCabe syndrome. It was like he played great and then would do something daft, and he still does. But he's getting burned less because he's doing yeah. it less. I thought some of the a lot of the stuff McCabe did was by accident. Like I'm looking at Gardner and going, "You intentionally did that." Yeah, what's the matter That's with true. you? Uh, but what's he's, the matter with you? He's been great. Uh, he's been really, really great, and deserves all the credit due. He's been great. Honey P? And he's nice. It's nice. We got a solid top four. Just that five, six. It just hurts me a little. Underrated storyline in the least. Let's get Sites have a damn goal. Yeah. It's come so close. That's true. It's come so close so many times. I feel bad for the guy. I asked him what he wants for Christmas for a video that isn't up yet. Um, and he goes, I don't know. Hopefully score some goal. <laughs> score some goal. <laughs> score some goal. Who leads the league in scoring and points scored? Right At now? At the end of the season or no? Right now. It's oh. McDavid. 39 points. I might have checked this morning. Damn it. <laughs> I was like, as soon as he answered that that quickly, I'm like, Who's it already is. second in goals? Second in goals? Well, yeah. okay, Crosby's Patrick first Lining. with 21. I think it's Pasternak. David Pasternak. Wow. He's, man, the Bruins are kind of a bubble playoff team. Without him, I don't think they sniff. He's got a Pasternak around the net, that's what I'm saying. What? It's a knack for Pastor Knack for scoring. There it is. There it is. That's way better. Hey, listen. As I said, I woke up at 415 today, okay? It's it's currently two. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a Pastor Knack the puck. Is is that what you were trying to say? You got a Pastor Knack the puck to him. He's got a Pastor Knack for scoring. It's great. You can put that on a shirt. Christmas time. That's what I'm saying. That was really funny. Thank you. Somebody actually said, shouted me out on Reddit. I that was my first Reddit compliment, I think, ever. Then, yeah, the title of the Reddit post was, We Need to Give Adam His Due. And the rest was just Christmas time. <laughs> and just the way you said it, too. Yeah, Christmas time. <laughs> you dick. You know, such a dick. You know, the, the fun thing about doing this show is we can go from serious hockey talk to that in, in the, within a matter of 30 seconds. And there's no platform other than the one that we've currently, thank God, created here mm-hmm. with the help of people who actually listen to the show where that would be possible. Yeah. Like, that is not possible anywhere else. We would be considered completely unprofessional. No one would talk to us. I texted the boss of Sportsnet Radio a while back and was like, so like, you know, how are you doing? You sick of us yet or whatever? He's like, no, nope, not yet. <laughs> Well, I was like, good. oh, okay. That's Much right. to my surprise, I still can't believe they let us on. Well, I can't either. Um, I can't either. Let's be honest. We shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Come on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, but I'm, I'm happy with the fact that we are. And I, I am not going to even, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to say that 
I don't say we deserve it, but I would say that I will. I'm thoroughly <laughs> excited that they would have us on. Still, I mean, we had Elliot has not Friedman got tired. On. What's that? We had Elliot Friedman on. I mean, what other radio show can get away with? We're going to have Elliot Friedman on, but you won't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we did. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> And then, and then Jesse, what Jesse said about Elliot, hey, Steve, fuck you. <laughs> like, like, wow. <laughs> I hope Elliot doesn't hear that. It might be the last time. Well, he might laugh. I don't know. You know, he's enough of a friend that he actually listens sometimes. So. Oh, well, I'm not. A, I, listen, I don't listen. Thanks, I obviously don't James watch. Back. I steal James Reimer and I didn't read Elliot's article. I'm in trouble. What's the, okay, very last thing before we go. What's something you did with this that you're not willing to tell me? Oh, I tried to, I tried to take a a selfie with it in the shower. Like James and I are showering up and getting ready, but then I was like, if that has any holes in it, it's going to wreck the cardboard, and James going to be or Steve's going to be upset. But the very fact that you held this with your naked body, well, it was I was in the room with it with my naked body. I didn't like hold it close to too much. Hold it with his naked. James saw your naked body, Adam. He's seen my pee pee. (laughs) Sorry, man. He's a pure boy. Well, it was. I thought it was fun. And by the way, James Reimer has now seen a Tampa Bay Lightning game from the stands. That's, that's great. It was a really bad game, though. Holy. It's not even. The, what? What? <laughs> this Reimer figure isn't even the best of the figurines. It's no. the last place of the figurine collection. It is level. not last place. Last <laughs> place would be a common. It is a bronze. Yeah, but then there's silver and there's gold. Yeah, because those are more rare. I've explained how this works. Well, there's two thousand. Yo, those of them are made. worth so much money. Listen, just because two thousand were made 3, does not mean three thousand were sold. <laughs> wow. wow. You think? <laughs> fuck you guys. Do, do we think fuck you guys? <laughs> Is that you asking us? <laughs> you know what? There you go. Wow. There's, there's, there's a little bit of oh whoa. Whoa. Hey, whoa. are you coming to Jesse's party tonight? Uh, I was telling him it's a hard maybe. Because we, if we're going to bring Iggy, we got to drive, and the roads are going to get bad, then and I have no problem. Us. Oh, yeah. Because we're, we're bringing Bindi. Would you love that? Oh, I don't know if we want both dogs in the same car. Why not? <laughs> but anyway, I'm good at driving in the snow. Mm-hmm. I'm amazing. I am also planning on drinking, so I'm not going to be driving home. <laughs> right. Fair enough. So, I don't know. We'll you can stay over at my house if you want. Oh, dope. And then maybe Marley's? Maybe. I got some stuff I got to do tomorrow, <laughs> like sleep. Just, just um, wants to be I slept for four hours. Okay, we gotta go, we hey, gotta Steve's got to go. Gotta go. Uh, guys, we love you. What Thank you the so hell, much. Jesse? Remember, we have Leafs tickets. We're not really sure what game because we're unprofessional like that. But I will post all the details yeah. on the Reddit page as soon as possible, and uh, and you'll you'll get to know. It's remember, it's Twas the night before Christmas. Involves Steve, Jesse, myself, Panago Pizza, and go crazy. Steve with Dangle it. Podcast at gmail.com. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.